These young men sing and play on Wednesday nights. Amen. All right. Let's turn and do the Word of God tonight. We're going to be in the book of Genesis chapter 3. I'm going to begin there in verse 1. Genesis chapter 3. Begin there in verse 1. I entitled this message, Confused Society. Confused Society, I believe it's uh, no surprise, I guess, to any of us here. At least it probably shouldn't be. Uh, that we are living in a pretty confused nation today. Uh, confused about a good number of many different things. Uh, I guess whenever I was young, I didn't never really, th- I guess, think about it until I guess the time came. But, but I guess looking back now, I never would have thought that we had ever been in a position to where we, just, we didn't know what a man and a woman was. And uh, that's kind of where we're at now. Uh, you know, we're, we're in a society today where... We're looking around, trying to. We're debating on what a woman is, debating on what a man is, and whoever would have thought in a million years that we would ever be looking at something like that, and even you know thinking about it and talking about it. I know I just, I guess I never would have, uh, but this is where we're at. But uh, and but confused about a number of many different things, not just about uh, that, uh, but there are so many things in, in this world in which we live where there's confusion. Of course, the Bible tells us that God's not the author of confusion but it's the author of peace. Uh, and so if God is not the author of confusion, and of course you know who he is, I think the devil is the master author of confusion. And uh, we can look in this world today and we can just see how things are and the way things, uh, how things are going. And where did all this even kind of start? I mean, you know, we can, we can go all the way back, I think, to the very beginning. We can see a lot of things that was going on. And, and I've looked over, man, I've preached through all these verses many times, but... Just a couple of things. Maybe you've seen them before, but in but in my studies, I just I just wasn't really thinking about it. I guess and came across a couple of things, and as I was studying about it and praying about it, and the Lord just kind of laid it on my heart to preach on it. And I tried to go in a couple of other directions, but uh, but the Lord just never gave me peace about it. And so I'm just going to preach on this tonight. Uh, confused society here in Genesis chapter three, and I'm going to give you three things, three truths. I think to help us tonight, and we think about. Not just confusion and how it started and what's going on back then, but really kind of how it's kind of uh, how how the whole concept really has worked all the way up to now, and I guess we'll probably will until the Lord Jesus comes back. But let's take a look at it and let's see what uh, let's see what happened in Genesis chapter three. Whenever the devil stepped on the scene uh, here uh, in uh, here in the garden, and uh, let's take a look at it there in verse one. The Bible says, "Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made." And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil." And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree desired to make one wise, she took the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves in the presence of the Lord God, Amongst the trees of the garden. 
And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? And the man said, The woman that thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, This serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. And that word beguiled there in verse 13, same idea is to, uh, uh, same idea is to deceive uh, or trick me or to or deceive me in this fashion. Uh, when we look around society today, we can definitely see that's what's going on. The devil's doing a lot of deceiving. The devil's doing a lot of tricking. The devil's doing everything he can to, uh, to steer people away from God, just like we see he did here. And one of the things I want us to see here tonight, of course, and some of this you may have heard before, but, uh, but, and if you have, I think it's worth hearing again. Uh, but we can see there in verse 1, the Bible says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. Now I want you to notice something. The Bible says, He said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And I want to give us three truths tonight. And the very first truth is, when we think about things, uh, the very first truth is, is that we have a misguided people. We have a misguided people. The second truth I want us to see tonight is not only do we have a misguided people, but we have a misinterpretation of God's Word. Not only do we have a misinterpretation of God's Word, but we have a misrepresentation of who God is. And so we put all these things together, and of course, that is a great way for the devil to go out and to deceive, uh, to deceive the masses. Now, of course, here we have Adam and Eve, but I want you to notice something there in verse 1 when he spoke. Of course, we know that the very first thing that did was he, is that he cast out, that he cast out, he cast out on, he cast out on God's word. There in verse one, he said, but notice what he said there. He said, and he said to the woman, yea, hath God said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Now, I thought it was interesting that there in the verse that, of course, he knew where he was going to, he knew where he was going to take Eve. He knew that uh, what God had said about the, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, he knew that God said that they shouldn't, that they shouldn't eat of it, at least they would die. But I thought it was interesting that whenever the devil spoke, of course he asked a question, he didn't make a statement. He'd come out with a question because he's casting out. But what he, one thing he wanted to do was, is he wanted to do this, he wanted to implant a thought. Implant a thought. Now we can left, uh, I think in all of our lives, we can, we can see and we look around the world, we can see, of course, the devil's doing a lot of implanting thoughts. A lot of, I believe, speaking in, uh, speaking in people's ears and doing a lot of deceiving and doing a lot to people today. And right here, what he did with Eve was, was he, in essence, he had planted a thought. He made a, in essence, made a suggestion. Made a suggestion. Remember back when, uh, remember back whenever David numbered Israel. Uh, whenever he numbered Israel, and you, you can read, and you can read two accounts of it. And one account was it said that that that, that, uh, that the devil, that Satan, stood up against him. Now, why did why was it that uh, why was it that David would go to number Israel? Now he was just sitting around one day, and all of a sudden, just popped in his head. I think I'll number Israel and see how many people we got. Where'd that thought come from? That was an implantation. That was a thought. That was a suggestion. Something that he ought to do that came from the devil himself. And the Bible opened that up and showed it to us. Now we can see right here the devil using this, uh, this idea of suggestion of thought, using this idea to, to and then plant a thought to this, because you'll notice when he said in this text, I want you to notice this now, he said unto the woman there in verse one, yea, hath God said, of course, asking the question, casting doubt, but hath God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Notice whenever he said it, he didn't come out and just say, did God say that you shouldn't eat of the tree, the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil? He didn't come out with that. You know Why? Because that's too direct. Because what did the Bible say there in verse 1? He was more subtle than any beast of the field. 
You see, coming out with it's just too direct. So what we gotta do is, is we're gonna have to take this thing in, in steps. And so what he did is he come out and he, and he gave this thought. He implanted this suggestion. He implanted this thought and he said, you know what? Did God say in essence, hath God said that you shall not eat of every tree? Now he didn't just, he didn't just say one tree. He didn't come out and say, did God say you couldn't eat of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil? No, he came out and he said, did God say that you couldn't eat out of all the trees? I mean, think about that. See, he knows where he wants to take her. But he's throwing this out because the idea is to, is to supplant a thought, to bring up a suggestion so that he can get her exactly where he wants her. So he implanted this thought. Did God say you couldn't eat of every tree? Now, of course, she comes back with a great, well, uh, she comes back great. I mean, she says there in verse two, uh, and the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the trees of the garden. And so there in verse two, she understood what God had said. We go back to verse one, and the devil brings up, shall he not eat of every tree of the garden? So he brought up this thought. He brought up this suggestion. The idea was to misguide her. The idea was that he wanted to bring her to a place where she would be misguided because his whole idea was to bring her away from God. Her, her, his whole idea was to, was to take her to the place that God said she needed to stay away from, that God said that she didn't need to partake of. The whole idea was to bring her away from that. But you know what? She wasn't planning on going there, but he showed up, as we said before, as an uninvited guest. And he just shows up and the idea is to implant this thought because he wanted to get her to go where he desired for her to be because the devil had an agenda for her. And the devil had an agenda for Adam as well. The devil had an agenda for, uh, uh, for, this, uh, for the world. He had an agenda to pull man away from God. And so he brings up this thought. But he doesn't say, as I said, he don't just come out forthright. That's too direct. That's too hard. Hey, the devil didn't come out and just say, did God say you couldn't eat of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil? No. He comes out and he says, did God say you can't eat out of all the trees? Notice this. If he wasn't where he wanted to go, then why didn't the devil say, well, uh, did God say you couldn't eat of every, uh, of every plant that grows from the field? He didn't say, did God say that you couldn't uh, eat of any of the animals? No, he didn't say nothing like that. His whole idea was to take her to the tree that God said you couldn't partake of. He wasn't interested in the plants. He wasn't interested in the animals. He wasn't even interested in all the other trees. But the whole idea was to bring the suggestion, bring up the thought, the whole reason to bring her away from God and to get her to a place where she would be alone with him so that he could continue to misguide her. And so there in verse one, we see the whole misguided. We live in a world today that is exactly misguided by that. And we notice there in verse one, he said, hath God said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. So what does that do? Not only does that suggest, of course, that, uh, uh, that he's trying to misguide her, but it also shows that, it also kind of shows the, the idea of, you see how, you see he's working up to it. He gets here in verse one, he says, did God say you could eat out of all these trees? The whole idea is even, even if she comes back with the right thing, he wants to sit back and, and bring up the idea that God said that maybe you couldn't eat, a, eat from all these trees. You mean all the fruit that's hanging from all these trees? You can't eat of any of that stuff? And of course, Eve come back and said in verse 2, yes, we can eat of all the trees. But the whole idea was to get the ball started and to get the ball rolling to make God look like he was some sort of tyrant. To make God look like he was an evil person, in essence, to make God look like he was holding something back from them that they couldn't have the things that they wanted but that's not what God said at all. I mean, if you was to look at a few verses prior to this, if you was to look at a few verses prior to this, actually, if you was to go to chapter two, and you was to look at, um, 
and you was to look at verse, uh, let's take a look at it. Let's take a look at verse 15. Chapter 2, verse 15, the Bible says, Lord God took the man, put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. Every single one of them. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. And we get in chapter 3 and the devil comes on the scene and he comes to Eve and he says, Hath God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? So he come out and he cast out doubt on the trees that they could eat. I mean, here he is. God said, you can eat of every tree. And then the devil comes out and says, did God say you couldn't eat out of all those trees? I mean, he cast doubt on the things that they already knew. Things that they already knew. And I tell you what, we're living in a society today where people are, uh, the devil's casting doubt on, on, on truths that we already know and making people kind of wonder because you see, the devil is a master deceiver. The devil's a master deceiver. He is a master conniver, and he does everything he can. He is anti-Christ. Everything that is, every, anything that's against God, anything that is against Christ. And so the devil comes on the scene with the intention of casting doubt on the things that God has already said. Did God say that you couldn't eat of all these trees? Of course God said we could. But of the fruit of the tree of knowledge, he said that we couldn't. And he comes back and says, oh yes, we can eat of this tree. She come back real good. But I want you to notice what else happened. We can see that he tried to misguide her. He tried to cast out on the truth of God's word from the very beginning. From the, from the, the very first time that he opened up his mouth, it was confusion and doubt. Hath God said, do everything I can from the very beginning to cause confusion, to cause doubt. And then whenever she came back with the right answer there in verse 2, notice what happened there in verse 3. She keeps speaking and she says, But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But there in verse 3 we understand, and of course that's the very first time we see that, uh, that a man added to Scripture because God never said that you could not touch it. He just said don't eat it. God never said you couldn't touch it. God just said don't eat it. Then when you look over, the Bible says there in chapter 2, there in verse 17, of the fruit of the tree of God, knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eat it of, thereof, thou shalt die. God never said you couldn't touch it. He didn't need to touch it. They didn't need to. They stay away from it. But God didn't say you couldn't touch it. He just said don't eat it. But the whole idea that the devil was trying to do was to misguide and deceive from the very beginning. And I believe that's what God does. I believe that's what the devil does in our society today. He's doing everything he can to misguide and deceive. To cast doubt on, what the things that God, the, the, on the things that God's people already know. But also at the same time, to lead people away from the truths of God's word. To lead people away from a relationship with God. Notice there in verse 3, she said two things. Notice, she said, the Bible, God said, you shall not eat of it. She's exactly right. That's exactly what God said. But she also said, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And so we're living in a society today that has not only been misguided, but we're living in a society today that is, uh, uh, that is, mis, uh, that is misinterpreting God's word. And in there in verse 4, notice what the devil said. The devil speaks a second time. So not only did he, for his, in the very first time he spoke, what his objective was, was to mislead and to misguide. The second time he spoke, there in verse 4, the Bible says, and the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. So his desire here was to misinterpret what God had said. God never said you won't surely die. I mean, he just come out and just blankly lied. 
I mean, we're living in a society today uh, where people are trying to find out the truths of God's word and the devil's doing everything he can to misinterpret God's word, to lead people into a misinterpretation of God's word. We're doing everything he can to bring people under a confusion of God's word. I mean, that's where we're at today. I mean, we're living in a, in a, in a society where people don't know what to believe anymore. They don't know what to think anymore. They don't know what to believe anymore. I mean, they don't know what to think about themselves. So many questions. And the devil was doing everything he could there in verse 1 to get Eve to question God. Question God. Question God on everything because, see, if he could get her to question this, listen, if we have to question God on one thing, then that would make us question God on everything. And so if he can get her to question God on one thing, then, and, and, and then that would make us question God on everything else. Well, if God was telling me wrong about this, then, then everything else might be wrong too. And, if, and, and that, means if, that means I can't trust God. So the, the devil can get her to not trust God. He had one notice that happened. What happens in verse 4, the Bible says, The serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. So not only is he misguiding, not only do we, have a, uh, we live in a world of misguided people, but we live in a world of a, of a misinterpreted Bible. A misguided people, but also a misinterpreted Bible. The Bible says the serpent said to the woman, ye shall not surely die. You know what I, you know what I noticed about verse 4 and 3? Was that whenever she noticed, whenever, there in verse 3, whenever she said, you shall not eat of it, the devil never said nothing about that in verse 4. Whenever she said, whenever she added to God's word and said, touch it, he never said anything about that. You know what all he was concerned about was? The dying part. He just wanted her to know that she wasn't going to die. Either way, makes no difference. You're just not going to die. It doesn't matter if you can quote the scripture. It doesn't matter if you're right, as long as you don't apply it. It doesn't matter if you don't, if you don't know what you're talking about, as long as you die. That's all. I, I just want you to know that there is no consequence. No consequence. I mean, we're living in a world today that says <laughs> that a lot of people today just living a life feel like there's just no consequence. I just live how I want to live, do what I want to do, and I, I, I'm not worried about nothing. I don't believe in God. I don't, I, don't believe in, I don't believe in the Lord. I don't believe in the church. I don't believe in none of this stuff anyway. When I die, I'm just going to rot in the grave, and, uh, and that's just going to be it. And that is being pumped and pumped and pumped and pumped throughout society today. And our kids in school, are, they're hearing it left and right, coming from the teachers and coming from the books and coming from the, from the, from the people they see on television and, and, and the radio that they idolize in their life. And they're being told that, they, that, they're, that they're in essence nothing, that they're just an accident, that they're just, they're just here. They have no reason. They have no purpose. Just enjoy life the best you can while you're here. And the devil, whenever he was confronted with the truth, there in verse 3, I mean, I mean, Eve, she come back there in verse 2, and the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the, truths of, the, uh, of the trees of the garden. She came back and said, yes, we can. You're saying that we can't. You're doubting if we can or not, but God said that we could. Because see, the devil wanted her to doubt the things that God said they could do, just as well as the things that they couldn't do. As long as she had doubt, as long as there was a belief of no consequence, then he can take them to hell. There in verse 4, the serpent said unto the woman, you shall not surely die. That was all he was interested in. A misinterpretation of God's word. As long as I can get her to this place where she sees or feels or understands that there is no consequence whatsoever. He didn't care that she said, you shall not eat of it. That's exactly what God said. Didn't bother him. He didn't care that she added to the scripture and said, you can't even touch it. All he cared about was, was uh, saying the last, was dealing with the last part of death, eternity. Your soul 
That's all he cared about. And all he cared about was her understanding and knowing that no matter what you do, you're not going to die. No matter what you do, you're going to be fine. You're going to be okay. I tell you what, there's a lot of people today, and I guarantee you, if we can go back to Adam and Eve and talk to them, of course, uh, hindsight being 2020, if we can go back and talk to them, of course, they've seen how we can read in the Bible and see how everything began to transpire in their life after they, began, after they took part of the fruit there in the garden. And I guarantee you, if we can go back and talk to them, they would say, I would never have went to that tree. I'd have never talked to that serpent. I'd have never partook of that fruit. I'd have never done that. I'd have never done that. And I'd have never done that. And I'd have never done that. And we may be sitting here tonight saying, you know what? If I can go back, hindsight being 2020, I'd have never done that, and I'd have never done that, and I'd have never done that, and I'd have never done that. But you see, the whole idea is this. You misguide the people. You mislead them. You cause doubt on God's word. Bring them to a place of confusion. And that is where we are in the depths of society today. A, a, a confused people. I mean, we're, we are so confused. And I'm not trying to beat a dead horse here, but I'm just saying we are such a confused people that we're living in a nation where we're even questioning what it is that makes a man, what it is that classifies a woman. I mean, that is how far we've come. I just saw, I just saw, uh, I think it was last night, where uh, there was, I think it was on the, maybe, maybe seen on the news today, where uh, some, I don't know, some beauty pageant they had over, the Never- over in the Netherlands, that a transgender man won that. I'm thinking, you got to be joking. So it's not just here in the States, but it's a worldwide thing. And the devil's got people in a place of confusion. Hath God said this? Hath God said that? I mean, I mean, the devil has got the world to a place where everybody is questioning everything about the Bible. And I think that's why it brings, it makes it so important that we as a people, when, when the Bible says, be ready to give an answer to every man that asketh you the hope that's within you, that we have an answer. That we have an answer. Because you see, what happened was, is I see this there in verse 1, the Bible says the serpent uh, was more subtle than any beast of the field the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Hath God said, You shall not eat of every fruit of the tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden. It almost seems like he began to question that which she knew. He began to question, do, do you know what God has said about these things? And of course, number two, verse two, she came out right. But there in verse three, she kind of messed it up a little bit. But the devil wasn't too worried about it as long as he knew that there was no consequence, as long as she felt like there was no consequence to how she lived. You can ignore God. You can get away with that. Listen, don't believe him. Don't trust him. Just ignore all that stuff. You ain't got nothing to worry about because you're not going to die anyway. You just live how you want to live. You just do what you want to do. And that's where we're at in society today as well. You just live how you want to live. You just do what you want to do. I'm not worried about any kind of consequence. I'm not worried about any of these types of things. And there in verse 4, not only do we see that we are living in a society of confused society of misguided people, but we're living in a society of a misinterpreted Bible. A misinterpreted Bible. I see people all the time on different, on different, uh, on different avenues doing everything, uh, doing everything they can to, uh, to, to misrepresent God, which is the next one, uh, to misguide people, to uh, bring confusion and doubt to God's word. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I'm like, you know, I'm talking people spend all day. They spend all day teaching folks and telling folks, debating folks to doubt God's word. They don't believe in it. They're atheists. They don't want nothing. And I find it so difficult. I think to myself, if you don't believe it and you don't want to do with it, why do you spend every waking hour of your life 
trying to turn people away from it. I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't believe in UFOs, okay? I don't. And you know what? I don't spend 24 hours a day trying to convince people that there's no such thing. Because I don't care about it. Because if I know it ain't real and I know it ain't true, why am I going to spend 24 hours of my life trying to tell you that there's not? Because I can care less. But yet these folks, they don't believe in God. They're so atheistic in their beliefs and they just come out so hard, come out so strong. I mean, debate and fuss and fight. God's people left and right don't believe nothing. At least that's what they say. But why would you do that all that time if there wasn't something on the inside that's questioning something? you know on the inside there's something just not right. I'm saying it and I don't want to believe it, but there's something on the inside that's telling you you're wrong, that there is a God. That's why you're spending all your time trying to get rid of him because you know he's real. Listen, I don't spend my time, all my time, trying to, trying to debunk things that I know ain't true because I can care less and I know it ain't true. I ain't going to waste my time with it. So why do you spend all your time? Why do you spend all your time doing it? The devil's got a confused society of people doing everything they can to spend all day, every day, to misguide people, to misinterpret God's word because people come out left and right and they say, well, what did God say about this? And what did God say about this? And what did God say about that? And, and all these different things, you know, that, that, we, that we have in the scriptures and the devil's doing everything he can to turn them, to turn them away from the truth, uh, to, to misrepresent the things that God has plainly said. God said in chapter two that you shall surely die. And there in verse four, the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. Just come out and lie. And that's why Jesus said himself that he's the father of lies and he was a liar from the very beginning. Because here he is, in the very beginning of, this, of God's word, as we know it, coming out with doubt and lies, doubt and lies, doubt and lies. There wasn't nothing. He spoke three times, and out of those three times that he spoke, before Eve reached up and grabbed the fruit of that tree, there was nothing that he said that was good. Nothing. Nothing whatsoever. I mean, we see there in verse there in verse one, whenever he spoke, we see that he was uh, casting doubt on God's word. We see there in verse four, whenever he spoke, that he just come out and just blatantly lied. And then there in verse five, which brings us to our last truth, we see a misrepresentation of God. For some reason, it seems like there in verse 5 that he thought that, that the devil was sitting there thinking that he was a representative of God, that he knew what God's plan was, that he knew what God was all about, that he was some sort of ambassador. Notice there in verse 5, he says, For God doth know that in the day that you eat thereof, that your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. The whole idea that God's trying to hold something back from you that God doesn't want you to be like him. He doesn't want you to be all-knowing. He doesn't want you to be powerful. Uh, he, he, he says there in verse five, for God doth know. I got a question. Now, I know that the devil knows a lot of things, but does he really know all that God knows? Because he says, for God doth know. Well, let me ask you, what do you think God knows? What does God know? For God doth know, God doth know that in the day that you shall eat thereof. How does, the, how does the devil know what God's thinking about them? He don't know. But he sure did want them to know how he felt what God was thinking about them. 
He wanted them to know. He wanted them to think, oh, let me tell you what God thinks about you. And he don't know. He don't know anything that God's thinking. But he wanted Eve to know that he felt like that he knew what God thought about her. God knows that when you eat of this fruit that you're going to be like God's. That you're going to be, in essence, powerful. That you'll be all-knowing. You'll have all these things there in verse 5. God doth know. And so we're living in a confused society today where there is a, a misguided people, there is a misinterpreted Bible, and then there is a misrepresentation of who God is. Because people are saying, well, I tell you who God is, and I tell you what God thinks. I tell you, you have no idea, probably. You don't know. What does, what does the Bible say? That, that his thoughts are what? Not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. I mean, I can tell you maybe some things that God thinks about us according to his word. Just read it out of here. But other than that, I don't know. Why would the devil think that he would? And why would he try to be an ambassador for God to tell them? I'll tell you exactly what God thinks about you. Listen, there's a lot of people that might die and go to hell today because they're believing that very lie. I can't go to heaven because God would never want me. I can't, I can't, I can't, uh, I wouldn't ask God to forgive me of my sins because there are too many and God would never forgive me anyway. And the devil's doing everything he can to misrepresent who God is. That God's just evil and, and, God, and God's just a bad person. I don't know how many atheists that I have listened to over the years that have, said that, that have said these very same things. That if there is a God, then he is wicked. If there is a God, then he is evil. Because he, is, he has allowed this and he's done this and he's done this and he's done that. Like they know the mind of God. The reason why they think that way is because number one, they've been misled. Number two, I believe they have misinterpreted God's word. And because they have been misled and because they misinterpret God's word, because a lot of the atheists will say, well, I've read God's word. And many of them can quote it. The devil quotes the scripture too. And, they, and the reason why they, they do these things is because they have a misrepresentation of who God is. They just don't know. And though they like to profess that they know, and though they like to think they know, and though they like to tell you what they think that they know to be truth, and they like to tell you this is what God knows, I mean, this is what God thinks, they have no clue whatsoever. And so we live in a confused society today because it's been a, we are a misguided people with a misinterpreted Bible with a misrepresentation of who God is. As I was continuing to study all of this, and I was looking in Genesis chapter 2, and I was looking... Uh, even back in verse 15, we see that, that God, whenever he was talking, God here, he was talking to Adam. And there in verses 15 to 17, he was talking to Adam when he told Adam, there in verses 16 and 17 of chapter 2, the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest eat freely, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou shalt eat of it, thou shalt surely die. Now, who was with God whenever God was speaking? It was nobody but God and Adam. And then you flip over and what do you see? Well, the woman hadn't even been made yet. We don't see she gets made until chapter 2, verses 21 to 24, 25. Then that is when God made Eve. And so then we get into chapter 3, and now what does the serpent do? He comes to the woman. And then there in verse 2 and 3, we see that she begins to speak to Satan. So Eve wasn't even around whenever God said, don't eat of the tree. She wasn't even there. She wasn't even, she wasn't even pulled out of Adam's rib yet. 
But she knew in chapter 3, either God told her in their own communication, or Adam told her, this is the tree that you don't eat of. But she wasn't even around whenever God said, don't eat of the tree. Don't eat of this tree. But she knew in chapter 3, after she was created from Adam's rib. And the devil went to her. And the devil did everything he could to go to the one that he knew that, that was going to tug. Of course, the only one that could tug at the heartstrings of Adam. The one that Adam loved. And if he can take this one right here that Adam so loves, and he can mislead her and misguide her, and he can take her and, 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 and get her to cast doubt on God's word and help her to see that, that she can't trust God, that God's just a, an evil, wicked person that he just don't want them, he's just holding back and he don't want them to, he don't want them to, uh, to, to be like him. If he can do everything he can to turn her away, he can, in essence, not only break them away from God, but he can break Adam's heart. And, of course, he succeeded. And he did, but aren't you glad that God made a way through his son, the Lord Jesus? We can see there in verse 5, and we'll stop with this. The Bible says, For God doth know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as God's. And because we live in a world of a misinterpreted Bible, there's a lot of people, and because we live in a world of a, of a misguided people, there, we're living in a world of a misrepresented God, and there is a people today that want to be, in essence, their own God. Humanism, it's all about me, about living how I want to live and doing what I want to do. It's just all about me. And there's no consequence. I don't have to worry about anything. I'm not worried about, I'm not worried about answering for anything. There's no consequence. And if the devil can get a misrepresented, if the devil can get a misguided people with a misinterpreted Bible for people to say and believe in their heart that I can just live how I want to live and there's no consequence and I don't have to trust in God, then he's got them exactly where he wants them. And we are living in a confused society today. Confused society. Let's pray tonight. Father, we come to you this evening to thank you so much, Lord, for your goodness. And God, in the midst of this world in which we live, we are so thankful that even though these things are here, that we do have your Son, the Lord Jesus, that provided a way. And though Eve did reach up and grab a hold of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and though she did share it with her husband, Adam did eat, and sin came into the world, even though this happened, and even though they were separated from you, and God, you sent your only Son, your only begotten Son, the Lord Jesus, to die on that old rugged cross so that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And we pray, God, here tonight that if there's one amongst us here this evening that don't know you as their Savior, that tonight would maybe be the night that they'd come to you. If I can get someone to come to the piano just real quickly as we give a quick invitation. It could be that you're here tonight and maybe... Maybe you have friends and family that maybe just, they're being misguided, they're being misled. Could be that, could be that you're thinking of some folks that you really love and care about in your life.
We need to pray for churches all across America to stand true and to stay right. Father, as we come to you tonight, we just pray that you'd help us this evening. We're going to open up the altar. If you're just here this evening, you can stand in pew if you want to, but we're going to open up the altar tonight. If you just want to come, say, God. Hey, you know what? You may be here tonight and you may be saved. You're on your way to heaven. You know it. And that's great. But you know what? Not everybody does. There's a lot of people out here that are lost. A lot of people out here that have been misguided, misdirected. There's a lot of people out here that have heard a misinterpretation of God's word. A lot of people out here that can told they can just live how they want to live and do what they want to do and it's all going to be all right. There is no heaven. There is no hell. There's none of these things. There is no answering for sin and none of that. They've been told these things. Folks have been told we can just go to heaven on your own good works, on your own good merits. All you got to do is get baptized. You'll be all right. Join a church, you should be fine. No. The Bible don't say any of that stuff. The Bible tells me, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. It's not about anything that we can do. We just put our faith and trust in him. We pray tonight for a misguided people we pray tonight for a misinterpretation of God's word that truth would come out we pray tonight for the misrepresentation of who God is Let's be dismissed in prayer. Father, we thank you so much for this day. Lord, you've been so good to us. Lord, I pray that you just continue to bless the remainder of our night tonight. Lord, as we go home this evening, Lord, help us to ever be mindful of ourselves and uh, thinking about uh, you. And uh, Lord, I pray that you just uh, just uh, bless our night tonight. Keep us safe as we go home. And Lord, I just pray that you just help us have a good weekend. May everything we do bring you honor and glory. Lord, help us to honor you with our lives uh, the remainder of this week. And uh, Lord, we just love you and thank you for it all. God, you're so good to us. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.